0: I wanna shoot baby! Shoot!
1: Good morning, afternoon, evening, or whenever you may be listening to this, and welcome to the very first episode of Geek Cinema Podcast, a podcast dedicated to geeky, nerdy, and fanboy movies alike. Firstly, I'd like to thank you for taking a chance to listen to this podcast, and I would just ask to please bear with us as it was our first. We do hope to get better in time. In this first episode, we discuss the critically acclaimed and long-awaited Deadpool. We discuss the film in its entirety, so there will, of course, be spoilers. If you've not seen the film yet, please do not listen to this podcast yet. Other than that, enjoy the conversation. Okay, welcome to Geek Cinema, the podcast talking about geeky, nerdy, and fanboy movies. So, today I am Everett, your host, and I'm joined here with Ian, my wife Kendall, and Garrett.
0: Who will you be tomorrow?
1: Tomorrow, I will be. I don't know. Oh, okay. Good joke, though. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so. I guess we'll start off by um, introducing ourselves. Um, I would go ahead and say I am i would not call myself a cinephile, but I am a lover of movies and nerdy stuff, so that is why I'm here. Can you place yourself on a scale, Ian?
2: On a scale? Uh, I'm already depressed enough, but... <laughs> oh um <clears throat> no, okay, shitty joke. Uh so I I do a little bit of writing and directing myself on smaller scale, super low budget stuff and then uh I put my rear in a seat numerous times a month to watch movies and I read a lot I read a lot of Deadpool over the years, so.
1: And Garrett, can you give a little info on yourself movie-wise? Um
3: I'd say I'm I'm along the lines of uh you Everett where I wouldn't call myself a cinephile, but I am a lover of movies, especially uh nerdy sci-fi horror, uh fantasy and comic book based movies. That's uh my stomping grounds.
1: Awesome. Stomp away. Uh <laughs> Kindle, what do you enjoy?
0: <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, not a cinephile, know nothing, love all movies, especially (laughs) the bad ones. (laughs) I wanted Kindle on this podcast
1: because (laughs) she has a very...
0: I have a low knowledge, but I call for everything.
1: Anyway, so can you, Ian, you have more perspective on direction than...
2: Uh, oh, about uh, just the film in general.
1: Yeah, what did you think of Tim Miller in general?
2: Oh, Tim Dill, Tim Miller and uh, Rhett Reese did a directing. great job in terms of like pull. They they pulled out fantastically. When by the by the time you get to the end, you realize it's just so it's just incredibly self aware, which is what every- everybody expected going in. And um, there were some part there were some parts in there where I was like, okay, the cine- you know cinematography is really good, and normally you don't get that you don't get that from you know they they were really. They were really pushing it with that movie in terms, of, in terms of getting it made. And they did it for a relatively low budget for like a superhero movie. Oh, yeah. And then they've already, I mean, as evidenced by the box office returns, they've made more than three times what it costs to make. So they're obviously going to go forward with another R-rated, R-rated film, which is kind of a cool direction to see superhero movies go yeah. in. What, do you, what did you think? Um,
1: I couldn't have been happier. The only thing, uh, I guess if I had to nitpick, I wish they could have had a bigger budget. But mm-hmm. obviously, we know Fox better than that.
2: And they didn't do ter- too yeah. terribly with with their budget.
1: No, it was good. Uh, but uh, that was one thing. I was actually, I was so excited when they finally announced after that they finally greenlit it after the test footage released. And over, I don't know, a year or a few months, I started realizing it could be bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I've got the numbers I think here. we all had that moment. Um, out of, I don't, know. I don't know how many Marvel releases Fox has done, but they've got... 7 7 pretty pretty
2: poor well, they they were in charge of they were in charge of daredevil uh fantastic Four, one, two, and reboot right and then uh, didn't they also do the ghost rider slash ghost rider's spirit of vengeance i don't know i didn't look at yeah. it i think I believe they were fox just look at that fantastic four reboot
1: that that's what i was going to say is that's that's the lowest rated among all their releases so far
2: i haven't seen it uh i had a friend who's also a filmmaker he saw it and he said it's not as bad as people say i just haven't had that amount of time in my life that i was willing to give away yet
3: <laughs> garrett you saw it right yeah and i would i would definitely attest to it being as bad as people say really <laughs> because you can tell you can tell the uh Because basically like it starts off, it's got the first half of it is pretty good. Uh, You can get into it and then there's like a one year later and you've got people in terrible wigs and terrible Mm. CGI and a big rush. Like there was literally a part, a friend of mine said it, described what I was feeling perfectly. But there's a part of it where you're just watching and you know what's happening, but it all just kind of feels like motion on screen and you're like, what am I actually watching right now? (laughs) And but it, I mean the fact that they kicked the director out of the cutting room basically and went back in and did studio reshoots, uh, it kind of like you can tell you can see the difference in the two films, uh, and I thought at first I was like yeah this this isn't as bad as people say it is like I could this is a movie that you know I could watch and and it kind of be like a guilty pleasure type of thing where it's not as great as I would have wanted it to be but not terrible and then it got further into the movie and I was like oh this is terrible
1: (laughs) so would you prefer to watch that or uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine
3: Uh, I was gonna say I'll take Rise of the Silver Surfer over that any day but uh, you're giving me uh, Wolverine Origins Um, yeah I probably would watch uh, Origins and that's saying a lot
2: yeah, that takes a lot to get through nowadays. Ugh. Okay, so Ghost Rider was Columbia. Uh, mm, the uh, the oh. famous Columbia Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they haven't really handled that very well. No. They kind of rode their one or two properties into the ground and gave up.
1: So, what did you all think of the references in the movie?
2: Uh, of, I don't of what the reference. I think you said the references. Which, which, oh, okay,
3: I heard. I, I got gotcha.
2: I liked that from the beginning, like just little things, like the the Rob L coffee cup in the car. Like I was like Rob Liefeld, of course, and uh, you know, throughout throughout there was numerous and the whole like loosely tying it to the Marvel Cinematic Universe with like the <laughs> helicarrier because I was like, okay, that's pretty blatant. <laughs> That And then the whole Hydra from the Bob from Hydra thing. I, I didn't notice that when I saw it the first or the second time. I got to, I was privileged enough to see an advanced screening, and then I got to see it again a week later when it was finally released.
1: Yeah, were, the, were your experiences pretty good?
2: Yeah, the first time around, um, they what they the only difference in experience I had was the first time around, there's no trailers, they rolled right into it because it was an advanced screening, and then uh, that post-credits sequence they cut it off before he said anything about cable and he went on a little bit of a rant where he was like oh Kira knightley or whatever and, and i thought that was pretty funny
1: so you as somebody who is not picky about movies at all uh what did you think about the whole thing
0: oh i loved it and i don't even know anything about deadpool <laughs> but i was like perfect they nailed it i know nothing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> good job
1: they did do a really good job of showing the character. It was more of a I thought it was actually a really good mixture of the earlier 90s Deadpool with the mid late 2000s.
2: Yeah, they kind of brought both of those eras together like they, because there's they're both still very meta and everything and but in terms, of like, in terms of like bringing them together, it was awesome because you have a, a franchise that is 16 years old. And, and it, it, for me, it was kind of cool because it's the evolution of that. I still remember going to see the first X-Men as a kid 16 years ago. And now, you know, you still have the, the Blackbird and the Xavier Mansion and everything. And it's just like it's cool. It's almost like a franchise kind of grew up with you if you'll call Deadpool grown up. Definitely grown up. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't take my (laughs) kid to see.
0: He goes, should I take my sister? And I went, she's 16 and your parents said no. And then we're sitting there and we get to the strip club part and I go, I'm so glad we didn't bring her. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
3: Yeah. I saw it. I saw it twice. I saw it Thursday and then I saw it on Saturday. And. Saturday, as the movie was ending, I saw this family walk out, and they had one kid that had to be like four or five, and I was oh, like, no. oh, gosh. <laughs> "That kid saw so much and heard so much." Like,
1: <laughs> "Oh gosh," I, I
3: was, For a and reason. they had, yeah, I was just like, and there were a couple of different like families that had little kids, and I was like, "Yes, I get it. It's it's based on a comic book, but no, it doesn't yeah. mean you should take your kids to see it."
2: Right. The point of it was he, to to appeal to a certain crowd not to not to say hey you know yeah we we put Deadpool in all these these kids games and all this other stuff but you know go see him it was meant it was meant to appease the crowds the people that have been reading them for a while
3: yeah and that's that's I mean Deadpool's kind of he is an adult character and although he was in like the new ultimate spider-man cartoon and stuff like that like he's not not meant for the little ones
1: <laughs> yeah, there was a a few, a few too many decapitations, probably.
3: <laughs> and you can see like the Deadpool penis. Yeah. <laughs> was- yeah.
0: I was going. This is rated R. I can see his penis. I,
2: but I remember yeah, thinking, I like-, like as I went as I went through it, like even even like those those panels that were like obviously. Done in the editing room where he's getting thrown and there's like a silhouette of his junk and everything. Yeah. It's like it felt like yeah, they it's, just—it's in there, right? Yeah, it's no, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely in there. But it felt like it like, felt like it was just a comic book. Like they just opened it up and I was reading a brand new Deadpool because I read I read a lot of miscellaneous Deadpool that was just like I bought a whole bunch of comics. My friend bought a whole bunch of comics. I was living in Alaska at the time, so we would just trade out comics every now and then. And I got I really liked Deadpool just for. All the jokes that a very select few would get.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I like what you said. That's exactly what I said when I left. I was like, I felt like there were several moments in the movie where I felt more so than others. But I was like, I'm reading a comic book, but it's on the screen. Like, if it just felt like a comic book coming alive to you, it was cool. I think they did. They executed that really well.
2: Right, and Deadpool's not always epic. It doesn't always have like a super big climax or denouement or anything like that. And I thought it played out. I thought it played out perfectly. Like it would have been a great one-off comic book if they couldn't make the movie.
3: <clears throat> yeah, and it's it's crazy because the whole movie, like it, it, we were talking about the production of it earlier, but it was made. It was it was shot in forty-eight days, which is
2: that I not a know. long
3: time as far as yeah it was shot in, in it's entirety in 48 days it was kind of an open and, and shut type of thing and so they didn't take a whole lot of time with the, the shooting of it and uh just cause of budget reasons and stuff like that and I think they for, for 48 days shooting that's an amazing movie and for the, the profit that it's made already and it's pretty pretty cool
2: Forty-eight days on a movie like that is is a pretty tight, <laughs> pretty tight schedule yeah. to work with. I mean, like, there's been movies that have been done for for less days. You know, like I don't know if you knew Whiplash that was done in like twelve days. But when you look at something that's like a superhero movie that you know requires so many VFX shots and stuff, like they had to be really prepped and and ready. And I think that yeah. I think Ryan Reynolds played a big part in making sure that they were ready to go when it was time.
1: Well, they had all those years of pre-production. Oh yeah, well to... it was
2: built up. They even had that pre-visualization. Like I, I was fortunate enough to get my hands on an early version of the script about a year ago and read it, and I, I loved it. Like there's so many parts I screenshotted. Like the I'm gonna touch myself tonight after he shot the thir- <laughs> the three bullets and everything. Like I was like, this could be a hilarious movie. Like I remember reading the script and thinking pretty much what the reviewers said that it's like, it's a pretty straightforward story. I mean, you've basically seen it. The guy gets the girl back and all that. Spoiler alert! Um, I love it. Is this a spoiler cast? Uh, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. I don't. I didn't want to ask I'll anything. Oh, have a warning at the beginning. And you can cut it out if you need to. I won't be offended. <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, I, I... <laughs> Um, all of the. There was at least two times. I don't remember what jokes, but I for sure recall. Laughing and hearing nobody else in the theater laughing. Yeah. I don't know if it was just I only got the joke or if it was just a meta joke or what, but...
0: No, because I had a couple of those moments <laughs> and I had to be like, oh, I'm the only one. <laughs>
2: I certain, mean, like the one, the McAvoy and Stewart one. Yeah. That one was like... That was one
3: of my favorite lines. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it was great. It wasn't in the script. And I that's can
1: never keep so up I with these it. timelines. <laughs> It's so perfect. You
3: know, I I had a lady in the theater on Thursday night when I went and saw it. There was a lady in the theater that uh, she laughed at the worst time. And it was, like, right after he had, you know, blown up the factory and he's out there fighting Ajax. And it's, like, the first time you see, like, his butt underneath the robe. And this lady's, like, (laughs) cracking up. And I was just like, wait, that was funny? Like, a naked (laughs) butt? So... That's the mindset that Deadpool puts people in, I guess. Because nobody else laughed. But this one lady, she died laughing at the sight of his butt. And I was like.
0: We had a couple people. Okay. That did something like that. They just busted out laughing at the tiny hand oh, caressing really? <laughs> her face. And they were. Like, it was loud. And I was like, are they going to stop? They're not. They keep laughing.
1: <laughs> Golly. It did. It was a very wide range of humor. Because mm-hmm. there was. Oh, yeah. Like that, the just goofy stuff and the meta humor like the he goes he's mentioning his prized possession and he grabs the oh that was my favorite origins deadpool and throws it out of the way
3: yeah there was one joke and i I, I
2: think oh go ahead sorry
3: (laughs) oh I, i was just gonna say i think that they created like the way they did deadpool was so perfect because you don't have to know Deadpool. Uh, You know, like Kendall was saying earlier, you don't have to know Deadpool. You don't have to know anything about this. But at the end of the movie, he's a character that you love, and he's a character that you're like, yes, Deadpool. Like, this is an amazing movie. I love it. It's hilarious. And I think that that's the humor they had. You don't have to get that it's the origins Deadpool with his mouth sewn shut to, to find all the other jokes funny. And so it makes it perfect.
2: And that was, a good, that was a funny joke when he was like, I'm going to sew your mouth shut. And he's like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Because like, yeah. all the, the fans, just the uproar after X-Men Origins was just like, oh, gosh, it, was not, it wasn't even Deadpool. And to piggyback off, you know, um, oh, I totally lost it. Okay. <laughs> I remember watching
1: that, and it was 2009, which was right when I started reading Deadpool uh, during the Joe Kelly run. And I wasn't mad. I was just confused. <laughs> I was thinking, what are they doing? Why does he have knives coming out of his arms? It was a very weird yeah. time. Two thousand
2: nine. Wasn't that the Weapon X one or whatever version of him? Or yeah. And I think the the cool thing is, is that the, with it with playing with continuity, this is a byproduct of uh, X Men: Days of Future Past. So, you know. Wade Wilson always becomes a version of Deadpool. You know, Wolverine always joins Weapon X and becomes a becomes Wolverine. Professor X always starts the school, but it was cool to see that they could operate within a variation of that, and it, which also allowed them to nix you know Last Stand from the continuity because Last Stand was I wouldn't go as far as to say an abomination, but uh, misguided. Quite misguided.
1: Okay, here's a fun fact. Um, Deadpool, as currently, is the highest rated by fans in the uh, X Men franchise. Really? Oh, yeah. Everybody. Eighty. Oh, so 80. Is it, what is it like? Eighty four. Is that ninety five? It's eighty three critics. Ninety five. Okay. Audience.
3: It also is the highest uh, grossing in the opening weekend of any of the X Men films. I think oh. I believe the highest was like one hundred and two point something million and so it's the highest out of all the x-men franchise uh in the opening weekend
2: well you got to give a round of applause to their marketing team they didn't they did an exceptional job not so much the trailers were really misguided i mean when you when you look at the trailers it's like it doesn't feel like the movie some of the jokes fall really flat and it just gets lost on people and it's almost like the whole minions fanfare like how they just pumped minions into everything and people you know it's like that's all you saw for a few months and they did that here but they ended up pulling it off like they ended up making so much like I- infinitely more money than like origin like x-men origins and especially for an opening weekend they thought that they were going to do good at like 120 uh million and they ended up getting like 285 million something like that yeah. I'm sure you have the figure
3: I CD. mean it's it's one of the like highest grossing R-rated films in the opening uh, or opening day or opening weekend, something like that. Like it's.
2: I remember I mean, thinking it, was, it would break that. I remember thinking it would break that record because uh, originally Hangover held it because you know it was a new it was a no, new formula. It was a new thing. It was a new comedy. Everybody loved it, and people held out hope that Hangover Part Two would be, you know, just as good or, or well written, which it wasn't. It was a complete regurgitation of the first one and but that but yeah. that was the that was the record that Deadpool broke was Hangover Part 2 because the crowd the crowds turned out in droves to see a great follow-up and then they gave up and you know Part 3 didn't do so well and so it's it's kind of cool to see that they just they shattered that record of a highly anticipated comedy back in the, that because when a when a comedy is anticipated people turn out for it and they completely broke that so did you all watch the trailers before the movie? I did, and I didn't yeah, think they did I, a good did. job of, of setting up the movie. And I even had a friend who's big on comics, uh, and he was, like, he was like, I'm not excited for it. I don't know how I feel about it. He actually went to the sneak preview with me, and he came out, and he's like, I love it. Like, the trailers misled me so much. And, I mean, ultimately, that's what you get a lot of times, is the director doesn't have any say in what goes in. Writer doesn't have any say. It's people pick the shots they think will sell
1: right yeah we just watched it before this podcast and uh because i've been uh somewhat trailer pure in a way for the past two years just and i'll say if anybody has never tried it it makes the experience so much better so much better.
2: I did that with uh Sicario and Hail Caesar and both of those experiences were really nice. Sicario's incredible, by the way, if you haven't seen it.
3: I think with the uh with the trailers. I kind of I watched like the first one and then I stopped uh because I felt like it wasn't it was either gonna give away all the jokes or it, it wasn't quite it didn't do it for me. But what made me excited was all of Ryan Reynolds uh Little short Deadpool snippets that they made where he the was quips. talking about, yeah, just like and 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 even like when uh, the April Fools thing that happened where he went on E or one of those shows and uh, was talking with Mario Lopez. Ryan Reynolds was talking with Mario Lopez about how it's going to be PG thirteen and you know they they wanted to ha- make it be family friendly and all mm-hmm. that and then uh, Deadpool shows up and he's like, no, it's going to be R." and he, like, it just, it, things like that made it, I was like, okay, like those are the things that I saw that I was like, this is going to be worth it. Uh, cause the trailer, I agree, didn't quite do that for me, but
1: <laughs> that, yeah, that was a good move.
2: It was really forward thinking, uh, on the marketing's part to have, you know, for that to be that far back and have them pulling stints like that. Just, uh, it, that was, that was really smart on their part. Um, <sighs> It really paid and it paid off at the end people you know they associated that with humor and a lot of people a lot of people turned out for opening week more people than should have yeah. because a lot of them towed their kids there. It's funny I was driving by Carls jr the other day and they had like a deadpool like like that like for for the people that aren't here in the room it's a uh, it's like a, a a sign that sticks in the ground and it it's like promoting deadpool with the kids' meals. Go, i mean i i kid you not go to go to Carl's Jr and it's right there by the drive-thru stuck in the ground and i remember i pointed it out to my wife and she's like why is that there that's so bad like sure they can say it's not intended for kids but it's there at Carl's Jr that's weird it's interesting how they the the whole cross marketing thing it's an art of its own <laughs> um
1: so did y'all hear about the um Rumors for a Wolverine Deadpool movie?
0: No,
2: I didn't hear about that. Are you making
0: it's, this it's, up? <laughs> no,
1: I don't know. I don't know where I read it, but um, that is in talks. I know I they're know talking about X
2: Force.
3: Uh, yeah, they've t- they've been talking. I, Ryan Reynolds has been pushing for an X Force, um, but I know that they at uh, uh, what was it, some convention that's going on right now, they had a little thing, had a bunch of movies and uh, that like were coming up soon and, and kind of like who's directing, who's going to be in it and they had the the new Wolverine movie that's kind of one of Hugh Jackman's last hoorahs is Wolverine. Uh, it said that the uh, current ideal rating or target rating or whatever is uh, R, so they're looking to make that r-rated
1: wolverine film it's definitely changing the way that fox will probably look at stuff from now on with their superhero movies
2: the last wolverine was supposed to be r and they and they they really just wussed out right at the end like like it was until like i think it was a week before i saw an advertisement for uh for the wolverine you know the second the second movie their intense their their intent to kind of cleanse the wolverine gene pool and uh I was like, it goes PG thirteen. I was like, what? Like the whole time I've been following it, it was supposed to be rated R. But I think that after they saw that R rated movies with established franchises can make money, I think that ultimately they the the next one will be R. And apparently, it's supposed to be following the uh, the old man Logan storyline, which awesome. is one that I really like.
3: Which, w- which would be really cool. But I know, James they can't Gunn... do
2: it the way that they did it in the comics because it's like a cross-country yeah. drug deal with Hawkeye and, and Wolverine, but...
3: Yeah. Um, I know James Gunn just... He, he posted uh, something on Facebook that was pretty awesome. Uh, if I'd encourage you to go read it, but he, he basically says that the problem with Deadpool, because he, he says Deadpool was amazing, but the problem with Deadpool is that now Hollywood... is gonna misunderstand why it was so successful exactly and they're gonna start trying to recreate success um by not making original movies and so it's gonna be you know copycats of deadpool trying to follow along those lines and uh you know he basically said the reason why guardians was so successful with him is because they didn't try and cut from the cloth of what was happening in the MCU. He said, this is what Guardians of the Galaxy is, so we're going to take it there. Mm-hmm. And that's why Guardians, this you know series that is not as well-known as any of the other that were in the MCU at the time, uh, he took this series and he made a movie that was way more successful than probably should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, not that it's not a good movie, I just mean the fact that people actually went to see a movie based on a comic book series that they probably hadn't heard of
2: every, the cards were stacked against it for sure.
3: Exactly. And so that's, you know, he kind of made the point of uh, comparing Deadpool to guardians and kind of what he did where it's like people are going to, Hollywood's going to misunderstand why it was so successful and try and recreate that. uh, But they're not making anything original where taking Deadpool and making an R-rated movie, not holding back just because it's a comic book movie and families are going to want to go see it together, but going all the way with it. That's completely original, and I read an article earlier about, uh, saw this guy was basically talking about how, you know, R-rated superhero movies uh, have been amazing long before Deadpool, and was talking about, like, uh, Kick-Ass and Super with Rain Wilson and... Uh, Watchmen and a couple of others, which are all great movies, but I don't think any of them quite had the... I don't know what what to say it is about Deadpool that made it so much better than all of those movies, and it may have just been how self-aware it is, and that's what Deadpool is, and so... But it's just... It does shift how movies are going to go, but someone's going to take it and... It'll be mis- It'll be misinterpreted. It
2: so I think, uh, gro- probably grossly misinterpreted. I don't know if you've watched the Legends of Tomorrow series yet, but uh, I've I've heard a lot of people saying that's very derivative of kind of like some some sort of cosmic Avengers type Guardians of the Galaxy storyline, which which is kind of upsetting because D- DC could DC could do great, but and and one of the one of the examples of that is I think that their upcoming lineup. Batman versus Superman and uh, Suicide Squad are really going to do them some good, because they haven't yeah. they haven't had a very good track record in the past few years. I mean, um, Dark Knight Rises wasn't by any means bad, but I think there, people were expecting a lot more after the Dark Knight, and then with the Green Lantern just being the complete flop that it was, that you know it was pretty obviously made fun of even in Deadpool, like like three three or oh, four yeah. times, like. <laughs> they they were re- they really they're they're very aware of their weaknesses which is showing that they're they're doing better in managing large franchises because uh even even speaking I'm speaking of course of uh Fox's Marvel Cinema whatever cinematic universe whatever they're calling it nowadays they're doing really good X-Men Apocalypse looks superb Days of Future Past was really good so
1: do you think they could try to um Hollywood try to um, copycat this whole uh, comedy in comics thing that's going on right now. It's kind of
2: you mean in terms of like I mean you had
1: Guardians and then Ant Man right. and Deadpool all very heavy handed with comedy well, right
2: even. but there there was heart I think in those movies um, not you know not to say Deadpool didn't have heart there was definitely moments where there was like you're like okay like I didn't think I didn't think they could pull it off after reading the script it felt very disconnected and just humorous all the way through. But in the movie, there was, like, some punctuality to certain emotional cues. And they did a really good job. And and the same thing with, like, Ant-Man. There's the father-daughter relationship and then the father-son relationship. And it really is just almost an examination of that from beginning to end. then with Guardians of the Galaxy, they take, like, a huge emotional leap within the first five minutes. They're like, here's this kid. His mom's dying. All right. You know, and that could could have easily lived or died based on the audience's... uh, you know, endearment to the film and the filmmakers. So, misinterpretation is very dangerous, especially when you're talking with how much money go into the, go into those things. Mm-hmm. I agree with the, I agree with uh, James Gunn. I mean, he's 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 really intelligent. I mean, when especially when he talks about that kind of stuff, because he know he knows that Guardians was a fluke, and that's why he spent so much time making sure that Guardians two would be a good follow up and I think and piggy okay now I remember Uh, Garrett piggybacking off of what you said earlier about Deadpool uh, you know that people didn't really have to know his character as they got into the film because it introduced him I think I'd wager that the next film will be even better because it has the confidence of the studio behind it the confidence of the stars and the confidence of the audience and plus they don't have the belaborment of (laughs) they don't have the belaborment sorry stuff's going on here (laughs) <laughs> they don't have the belaborment of setting up the story so you know you can just drop deadpool in whatever kind of scenario you need to and obviously they've already kind of outed that they're going to have cable in it which i think is pretty awesome they're they're fast tracking it too I great if... way to
1: introduce it to the idea
2: what's that with the ferris bueller right <laughs> it was perfect <laughs> you're still here Oh, it's such a good little, good little joke that, and I didn't, I didn't understand the, uh, are you there God? It's me, Margaret joke at first until my, my mom, my mom just died laughing the second time speaking. Yeah. I took my mom to see it the second time around <laughs> and, uh, it went better than I thought it would. She loved it. She likes Ryan Reynolds a lot, but yeah, there a lot of, a lot of those jokes went over my head the first time. Then I saw it and I, I saw it a second time cause it, it's just like, it's almost continuous laughter because people laugh at different things some things are more juvenile some things are more highbrow and so you have like constant laughter going on in the theater so when you're when I saw it with a smaller audience you're you're able to take things in a lot better
0: I don't get the joke
2: <laughs> It was like it was like a I think it was like a and I'm probably going to butcher this but I'll I'll try to get the general idea to you. I think it was like a Judy Bloom book that was like a narrative story to help girls who were coming into their periods. Oh and it was right when he like cut off his hand and blood sprayed all over Colossus's face and he's like, Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret and Aww. and my mom just started dying laughing, and I'm like, I don't get why that's so funny. And
0: um, I'll have to Google it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but there was so there was jokes that were just all over the place and it was like they it, it was like rapid fire, just shotgunning, like, whoever's gonna laugh at this is gonna laugh at this and we think it's funny.
3: Yeah. It worked. I think that the I think that that was probably my favorite uh, Stan Lee cameo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, Guardians the, McCauzy, of the Galaxy. He's with some hot girls there, so that one's pretty good too. Next up,
1: Chastity. He's
2: yeah. was it? It was like, You can't buy love, but you can rent it for 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. He was yeah.
3: re- That, was, R- that was wearing, line got.
0: Oh. Ryan Reynolds was wearing a rent, the musical t shirt at one point in the movie. He yeah. was like, You hate that yeah. musical. Rent. <laughs> And then they said that later, that's a line from the musical.
3: And just the soundtrack. The way that they worked all of those songs in there was like opening up with a uh, Angel of the Morning, like that song was <laughs> perfect there and the way the the opening credits ran and it was the, the movie was just so well thought out that it was beautiful. It was
2: strategic. It may not have been made yeah. for everybody, but it hit its audience in the right way. And, uh, you know, some people may not think it's a great movie. Some people may. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it, and I see how it's, it's profitable. I love the little nod when he, he gets the, the drink. He's like, sounds like a franchise. <laughs> it's like, I was like, that's perfect. Yeah because they can totally they can really build off of this and and at first I was like I don't know how they're going to build Deadpool into the X-Men universe but now I totally see because usually the the fourth wall breakings they they did a good job with keeping it to I wouldn't say a minimum but it's um it's pretty it's pretty on point the way that, the way that they use it it's almost it's it in itself is almost strategic to the story it's a lot of fun the way that they did that
3: yeah it it worked it worked perfectly with the flow, and it never felt like uh never felt like the flow was broken uh along with the fourth wall and that's just like kind of com- the necessity of it's almost like oh, a comical cop
1: out
2: oh i was yeah I was gonna say just like the comic like as he was saying stuff like I saw the white bubbles and then the yellow bubbles and then the white bubbles like him <laughs> his conversations in his own psyche like they did the whole schizo thing really good and they didn't abuse the chimichanga joke. And it was just like everything it it should have been like, it shouldn't have been like a special Deadpool (laughs) occasion where we ruin every single joke by saying it a million times. It was like just another, just another (laughs) night about town for Deadpool.
3: Well, and it's awesome because Ryan Reynolds, I mean, he's, he said he's a huge Deadpool fan and he's been Mm -hmm. obviously pulling for this to happen. And so I think that's what helps is that, uh, if you're um, at the risk of sounding snooty, but if you're the run-of-the-mill person that like, oh, Deadpool's cool now, so let's like Deadpool, and you read it, you're going to see things like chimichangas and, and uh, jokes like that that are going to get—if you, if you don't understand it, you run it into the ground, whereas Ryan, I think, grasped the character perfectly and knew— what deadpool would and wouldn't say what he would and wouldn't run into the ground and so
2: time and place for everything and they that's a perfect yeah. de- demonstration of restraint uh on the writers and and you know and him because i'm sure by by seeing the difference in the script and the you know the current product we have now they get they must have given him a lot of room for improv him and tj miller both tj yeah, miller that's, by, from what it, i've read was great
3: they uh, they released a couple of weeks ago TJ Miller released like a list of <clears throat> of jokes that between him and Ryan that were cut uh, some of them just because they were too far or almost too far and uh, so they cut them but there was a lot of because they gave them a ton of freedom um, as far as uh, ad libbing and how like how a lot of those conversations and Ryan had a lot of freedom and a lot of scenes with things that he said and, uh, which kind of makes me excited for any sort of special features that may come out later on to mm-hmm. see some of these outtakes that, uh, of lines that probably are hilarious, but just didn't quite fit or maybe went too far or whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, did I just, I had just found out, um, yesterday, I think it was that, uh, Ryan first became interested in playing Deadpool uh, when he was referenced to in uh, <laughs> a, a issue of Cable, uh, Cable and Deadpool.
2: I didn't read the article, but I saw the the thumbnail and the headline, and I got the gist of it, and I chuckled to myself. I think I think I saw that yesterday or or today or something. But that was it was like. Uh, it's like something like saying he was a cross between a riot he looked like a cross between ryan reynolds and a sharp yeah. <laughs> and they even made the sharp joke like being bit by a yeah. rabid sharp I thought that was hilarious the dude that was gonna play the dude that's wanting to play cable so bad with almost like a ryan reynolds for deadpool like vigor he played the bad guy in uh avatar like uh, his name's like colonel court yeah. or whatever and i was like i was like yes yeah, he if he keeps like because he's like i've checked out his twitter and he's like Retweeting headlines about him wanting to be cable and everything, I'm like, okay, he's making it too easy. They're gonna they're gonna pick him within the next three weeks or so, <laughs> like, because he would yeah. be he would be a good oh, he's... cable, and he's and he's low, but like he's not gonna cost a lot for the studio, and so it's a win it's a win win yeah. all around. I think he'd be a fun cable. Yeah. Originally, I think I mean, somebody I... said something about John Ham, and I was, of course, I'm a <laughs> sucker for John uh, John Ham for anything, but.
3: I do like John Hamm, but I think uh, I think his name is Stephen Lang. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, I, I like him. I like Avatar, and and I think his character in there. Uh, I've been rewatching the '90s X-Men, and so
2: oh really, um,
3: Cable's in there. Uh, not quite a bit, but he's in there, off and on. Um, and so whenever I saw that he posted that, I was like, you know what? I could totally see him as being Cable, and. So I think that would be a cool one I, w- I would I'm kind of vouching for him in that in that spot
2: I was hoping for a Wolverine cameo, but i I kind of knew it wasn't going to happen just because of scheduling and money and everything i mean yeah, but it would be it would be pretty funny to see them go toe to toe i mean it, it, Colossus, Colossus was cool, and I like that they kind of embraced the the whole c g i thing because Colossus did not look good. <laughs> he really didn't, and they yeah. kind of, they kind of, they kind of owned it at the beginning when they were like a CGI character. And I was like, <laughs> I was yeah. like good on you," because you know your weaknesses. And that, that if, if anything can be said about Deadpool, is that it knows its weaknesses. And it, yeah, it 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 did very well, and I'm sure it will continue to do so. They're all everybody involved is probably on cloud nine right now.
3: Oh yeah, I'm sure. I, I think it went. Not only did it go above and beyond our expectations as the fans, but uh, I think it went above and beyond their expectations as the people working on it. I think it was a, pa- I know it was a passion project, project, and uh, they hoped it would only do, you know, justice to the fans, and then it it's doing that and a lot more, which I think is something we miss in a lot of uh, current comic book uh movies we see them making a movie and not so much caring about doing as much justice by the fans
2: right right i f- i felt that way about ant-man i didn't i didn't dislike ant-man but i felt like there would have been a lot more passion and care taken under the under the guy under the guiding hands of uh edgar wright who you can see his influence in and in little bits and pieces of the script, but um, ultimately it's something entirely different and that's okay. You know, I, I liked, I I liked Ant-Man. Um, yeah, I just felt like it's execution is key. And, and the the thing with Deadpool is that the the way, the best way for them to go forward is to keep it in the family. You know, Rhett Reese, Tim Miller, Ryan Reynolds, all, all them should be key to the development of the, uh, the upcoming installments, whether they be Deadpool 2 or X-Force or Deadpool and Cable, whatever they end up doing, like, uh, more is not better better is better you know
1: yeah all right so if uh no last comments uh let's do a few round table questions uh starting with ian um favorite scene
2: perhaps favorite scene gosh okay no i definitely have it it's uh it's definitely right after he has that discussion with weasel in the bar and he starts going through, and they have the Deadpool rap playing, and it's like Captain Deadpool, and uh, not nah, just Deadpool, like, and then the whole like Zamboni, like right. he's like, I am gonna kill you in five minutes. I, I, that scene was like nice. quintessential Deadpool, like that could like panel for panel that could be something in a comic, and I just loved, I loved the uh, whimsy of it, like just the stupidity of it. It was fun. Garrett.
3: Um. I honestly would have to say that that opening, um, not just when the credits run, but then whenever we see it, I, just the the chain from the motorcycle cutting the dude's head off, and then the one dude just <laughs> splatting on the sign, and uh, and even later on when that's mentioned, uh, and he's like he was off there when we got here, sweared, or whatever. And, <laughs> but that opening part just was the this amazing way of opening with just. Violence and you're like, okay, that's Deadpool. So yeah, and you know it's 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 this tongue-in-cheek violence too, where he's grabbing the guy by his underwear and you know that. I think that whole that scene was probably my favorite right there at the beginning, where it was just like one after the other. Dude gets his head cut off. Dude flies into the street sign. Like I don't know, it just got me right from the beginning.
2: Candle. That was a good one.
1: You have to speak into the mic I know
0: I'm not I don't know
1: No favorite scene? (laughs) Just the whole movie
0: All? I mean It's too hard to pinpoint My memory's not that great
1: Alright Good choice
0: Thank you Uh,
1: For me uh, My favorite scene Was The first interaction Between Deadpool Colossus And uh,
2: Negasonic Negasonic Sweet name. (laughs) I love that. That chick freaks out about her name.
1: That is the coolest name ever.
2: In light Um, of everything else going on, that's what he focuses on. I loved that. He's he keeps trying to fight
1: Colossus, breaking all of his bones and the
2: 127 hours reference.
1: Yeah, cuts off his arm. Yeah, that was the whole part right there. Just great. That
0: was great. That's That's
2: true. So much much fun.
0: She makes me want to shave my head. (laughs) For real. (laughs) What?
2: She's like, if I she was like in the original the X-Men, then I would have had a crush on her. Like,
0: Yeah, dude. She cut my hair off.
3: <laughs> all right.
1: And last question. Um, I don't want to stick with just Fox. So let's say superhero movies, whereabouts would you place this in ranking?
2: In ranking?
1: In comic book movies in general.
2: I'd say like a solid like five. What's like out one? of all of them, like ahead. What's ahead of it?
0: What's number one?
2: What's number one? Gosh, I'd say either Spider-Man Two, the Raimi Spider-Man Two, or Avengers is pretty dang good. But Guardians of the Ooh. Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Avengers was good just because it was the first like big budget attempt at an ensemble cast, like all pretty much a-listers and the direction and the every every, it's a cookie cutter movie really but it it was done really well kind of like deadpool it it is a cookie cutter movie but it's done with like such passion and vigor and and yeah i'd say a solid five because there's got to be like guardians watchmen um hopefully i'm really i'm really pulling for batman versus superman because it feels like so like frank miller like 80s like the fighting style looks like watchmen like rorsch like just like Mm. it's like efficient fighting like it's not like like him like batman when he's younger like karate it's like you do what you do to end the fight and that's my favorite kind of batman um
3: you know what i think i was thinking about it while he was talking and i was gonna say definitely top five but i think uh the more i think about it i it's Probably the one I, I, I've left the theater many times Going wow that was an awesome movie But I'm going to have to I'm going to put it in a number one Nice um, wow. it's, That's what I was thinking So um, That's It's It's a bold statement But I'm going to put it at number one I think it's The one that Captured my heart More than any other one uh, It just got my attention Got my It got me I don't I don't know I, I think it's My current number one um, I think that it's Kind of the we've had great a great run of comic book movies recently. Um, kind of stepping away from the camp and moving into like, hey, a comic book, a movie based on superheroes or based on a comic book could really be a realistic movie. It doesn't have to have the camp. It doesn't have to have the slight goofiness. It can be a serious movie. And although this has this is an extremely goofy movie, um, it doesn't feel like Fantastic Four, uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer, where the whole time you're like, what is going on? <laughs> this is goofy. Um, it's it's intentionally funny, and not just because how else do you present a superhero movie, uh, but because it's the purpose of the movie. It's just the most genuine, though, and I think it is... I mean, I'm with you, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad. I think they're going to be great, but I think this is kind of ushering in a new era of... Uh, superhero movie and taking what the MCU has done um, and kind of going, look, we can all do this and make amazing movies based on comic book characters. So I'm going to say number one.
2: Nice, man. That's bold. And the fact that you know it's bold is uh, pretty telling. And yeah, I liked it a lot. That's awesome, man. Kendall?
0: I was going to say number one also, but I have to think about myself. (laughs) So... (laughs) I go off how often I will watch the movie. That movie's stuck in my head just because it's so fresh. But I would say Guardian of the Galaxy is my first. Mm. And then this might be a tie between one and... Or two and three. Okay. So Age of Ultron is really? awesome. I really? love that movie. I watched it like three times last week. so awesome. <laughs> This is... I don't know. I'll have to decide between that. This might be number 2 And make my, my number three. <laughs>
1: Um, I'm going to put it at number 4. Okay. For sure.
0: What are your first
1: three? Three. Uh I'm going to say the
2: first two Spider-Man. Nice. They're so good. They're so good. They really are. I mean, and it's not just nostalgia. I've vi- I've revisited them and they're good. Or I hadn't oh, even I... seen
1: the first X-Men uh or Ob- or Blade, so uh, that was my first actual big screen superhero film <laughs> and it's still awesome so some. uh and uh, Sam Raimi's my favorite director so oh yeah uh, it's Willem Dafoe, Dafoe. Uh, Willem. those two movies are just perfect to me and then I'd say Guardians
2: Guardians oh, has God a special movie. place in my heart
0: and we we both went into watching that movie no trailer no idea what it was really and we were like this is awesome i think it had no that effect on me. a lot
2: of people and it's because they slapped avengers on that thing and it made it made for a major turnout and yeah, we wor- didn't
0: even know like it was really well, you might have i had no idea that it was even like comic book what it was going to be i had no clue
2: word of mouth did that movie a lot of favors
1: well i knew of the characters but i thought chris pratt that's an odd choice. Such because a bizarre it's, choice. It's not a comical... Right. Comic book. It is now. But... It is now. <laughs> and I just knew him
2: as Andy Dwyer.
0: So. Yeah. <laughs> Jummy Andy Dwyer.
2: Oh, I know. he. That's that's what he is in my head. And I think no matter how skinny he, or muscular he, he is, that's how he's always... And, and I... Th- golly. He was so perfect. And to think, I think it's funny that even James Gunn was skeptical when... I can't remember who recommended him. I can't remember if it was Joss Whedon or somebody, but they're like, "That's the guy you need to have play Star Lord." And he's like, "The chubby guy from Parks and Rec." <laughs> and now they're like a family, like them, and it brought together like the most unlikely group of people, almost like the movie. But I'm sorry, what was your other? What was it? so you said the first two Spider-Man, and then Guardians? Yep. Okay. Good picks. Good picks. Yeah.
1: Yep. Just like Deadpool, bringing it around. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you guys for joining.
2: Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Good to talk about it. Thanks for
1: having me.
0: It's a hassle to get here, but I came anyways.
1: <laughs> well, thank you once again for listening to this episode of Geek Cinema Podcast. You can check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Geek Cinema Pod, or Twitter at Geek Cinema Pod, or on Instagram at Geek Cinema. If you have any advice or criticism for our podcast, hit us up at any of those locations or at our email, which is geekcinemapod at gmail.com.